ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and uh, friends beyond the binary, my patron peeps, uh, it's time for the, what's the, whatever the opposite of screen time is, patron. Snooze time, man. You make it possible. Thank you. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing? Trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's a thoughts, a feelings, a physical sensations, changes in time or temperature, whatever it is that's keeping you awake. I've got a nice safe place set aside here. You could come on in. You could take a breath. Uh, you could sink in. You could get comfortable. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones. Uh, creaky like a door. A friendly door. You know, what else do, when you say, like, you know when you're aware of doors uh, that are, like, you're waiting. Oh, maybe this is when when I'm, like, uh, you know, warging as a, a dog. Uh, but you say, I can't wait for that person to get home. I can't wait to hear their door open. Uh, or you like uh, when 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 you're getting woken up by someone, and you're saying, I wonder when they're going to open my door and say, Hey, get, time to get up, or Hey, you getting up? Uh, I guess those aren't creaky do- doors, uh, but uh, they're dulcet door, dulcet door, the dulcet door collection by Dior. It won't be by Dior, but. Uh, Hey, Dior, do you want to get in on this classic door collection? Maybe I'll, oh, did I say the classic door or the creaky door? Oh, the dulcet door collection. Oh, silly me. I was just thinking Christian Dior. Uh, and then I said, okay, creaky, we could, creaky, how about the creaky crick, crick, Christian collection? And the dulcet, we'll have to say, think of the, the dulcet door, uh, uh, I don't know. I'll get back to you. Let me get to these new listeners. Uh, do you mind if I call you CD? You know, they don't make them like this anymore. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> you've, heard, you've heard that one before. Uh, yes, it was, you know, a while back, but you know, oldie but a goodie. Okay. Uh, well, I could say it like that. Man, they don't make them like this anymore. Okay, so anyway, sorry about that. I went off topic there, but uh, where was I? Oh, if you're new, hey, how you doing? Welcome. So this is a podcast to take your mind off of stuff while you go to sleep. Uh, let me give you a little bit of extra information. The uh, show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's really what enables us to keep the show free uh, as opposed to behind a paywall somewhere uh, are the sponsors and the people that support the sponsors. So I really appreciate the people that go out of their way to do that. Uh, and then there's an intro. Now, sometimes if you're new, you might think that, like, or you skip ahead too far or something like Sometimes I get feedback that people think the intro is like a big commercial or something like that. No, there's like about four minutes of intro is business, and then the rest of it is just me kind of rambling uh, nonsensically. And really, like to sh- like here, here's the thing: if you're new, it's it, it's a tough proposal, right? Coming to this podcast and checking it out, you've already had to overcome some skepticism. You've had to go into your phone. You've had to 
get a podcast app and search it. I appreciate that. It, it is a little bit of, you do, had to do some searching and stuff. So thank you. And I'd like to help you uh, if I can. Now, the podcast doesn't work for everybody. Oh, but I was trying to say the structure. So the intro is kind of a way to introduce the podcast to new listeners. And for regular listeners, if you become one and the podcast becomes part of your routine, uh, what it can do is uh, the, the intro is kind of made to be part of people's wind down routine. So instead of like the podcast just starting right away, like in, like some people say this show never gets off the ground, I'd say, well, more or less, uh, you're kind of right. But uh, yeah, it's, it's slow to start, <laughs> slow to finish. And it, you know, it's like, like a, like a boat, like a, one of those boats you make out of a piece of paper or whatever. Not really. No, you're right. But, uh, what was I going to say? So the intro is like, it gives you a chance to wind down, uh, and get ready for bed or to get into bed and kind of let the, the day kind of drift away. And yeah, it just takes me like 12 or 15 minutes to kind of do the normal routine things with the podcast. And then to try to come up with a metaphor, like whatever, however, I'm going to try to spin this Christian Dior dulcet door collection metaphor in, into billions of dollars. Uh, but that'll be in a minute when I say, how am I going to connect to those things to how the podcast works? So that's the intro. Then there's some business between the intro and the show. Uh, again, that's what keeps the podcast free for everybody. So thank you for that. And then there's a story. Well, tonight will be like a story. It'll be a recap of an episode of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation where you may, you don't even need to watch the show. Or if you watch the show, I mean, some people that watch it a lot, they can pick up on, uh, oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, you know, because there's just some very famous, like a groundbreaking Next Generation episodes. But for most part, it's kind of like my recap of it is uh, inane would be in dull. But also, you know, I just talk about whatever comes up and whatever I'm interested in. I use the blowing, soothing, creaky dulcet tones uh, to help you fall asleep. So that's the um, intro or in the story. And then there's some thank yous at the end. So it's a structure show. Also, if you're new, you don't need to listen or to make sense of the podcast. You can do that. There are listeners that do that. Uh, just like there's listeners that skip the intro or only listen to the stories. Just like there's listeners, like particularly on Patreon, that listen to eight or ten episodes a night. Uh, there's not a wrong way to do this. But, like, uh, if you're new, kind of look at me, like like I've been saying recently, or maybe not, is uh, let me drift in one ear and out the other uh, and, and kind of float around like you're watching a, a feather on the wind. And you say, well, I don't really know where that's going, and I don't really mind. It's nice as feathers drifting, and this is not bad to look at. So no need to pay attention. Also, this is a, like a different thing. There's no pressure to fall asleep. In fact, this is one of those sleep things that's not even here really to put you to sleep. I'm just here to keep you company as you fall asleep. I'm just here to take your mind off of stuff and to be your companion. Like, I'm like, I don't know, there used to be Cliff Notes, right? And uh, Spark Notes. And I'm like, the Cliff Notes and Spark Notes to nothing. You say, well, what scoots is like the Cliff Notes or the Spark Notes of what? 
of, of, of maybe an abridged dictionary that was randomized and put in a shredder. He's the, he may, might be the cliff notes of that. Or uh, a water, waterlogged set of encyclopedias. Like, but I don't know. It's kind of like... Uh, and he's also... Sometimes his like it's longer than the original text. I don't think Cliff Notes or Spark Notes ever did that. So he's kind of like, uh, like uh, I don't know what the word is. Notes, right? He's actually working on. Believe it or not, he's also working on a fashion collection. Uh, he forgot what it was called because he only talked about it eight minutes ago. I think he was calling it the Dulcet uh, something, Dulcet Dress by Dior, dressing in dulcets by Dior. He's pitching different ones. Uh, Dior's Dulcet Designs, uh, Dulcet, Dulcet Door Collection. Uh, it, he says maybe we could combine all of that. Uh, but he's working with Dior, or however it's pro- properly pronounced. Uh, no, yeah, the Fashion House. Oh, no, no, not that one. An, an imaginary Fashion House in his mind. Well, yeah, no, they're going to be working on, I guess, what will be Fashionable Doors uh, is... Uh, or I don't know, like, actually, I don't know. It's it's part of a sleep podcast to put people to sleep, I guess, where he's, like, it gets mixed up. He was, like, trying to explain with the new listener that they don't really have to pay attention and there's no pressure to fall asleep, uh, that he's going to be there for an hour. So even if they can't sleep, he'll be there to keep them company. No, that's not, he's not saying that's fashionable, but being friendly is always fashionable. I know that might we not might I know that you like uh, I know that's not fashionable to say it. Uh, it's just uh, so we no that's not part of the dulcet door collection. Though we could put that somewhere hidden on the door as a reminder. Being kind is always fashionable. Maybe like when you're leaving the house, it's just like up there on the. Is it what is that thing called the headstone? The door top, the top of the door. No, but where you could see it. Uh, okay, well we'll, well, we'll, yeah, we'll figure that out when we do the, uh, do, what do you think? Uh, how does that fall in your ears? Dulcet doors by Dior? Dulcet door design? Well, they're already pre-designed. Uh, okay. Well, I, I better get back to the sleep podcast. Sorry about that, folks. So here's the thing. I'm here to keep you company. Maybe it'll be in the future in TNG. They'll have the dulcet door design. Because those doors are swishing in and out anyway. And maybe the like in, uh, what was that, Airplane 2, where the do- doors would say something. These doors would say, this is being kind, it's always fashionable. I guess it wouldn't, that would be a, a mouthful. Be kind. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure, maybe, maybe I'm ahead of myself uh, as usual. So if you're new, I'm glad you're here. I hope the podcast can help you and, and help uh, keep company and put you to sleep. I mean, the thing is, it's not for everybody. The reality is it, it doesn't work for everybody. So I hope it can work for you. Just give it a few tries, see how it goes. But there's no pressure. Like uh, on my end, uh, the show really only benefits me if it helps you. And if it doesn't help you, I do have a website with other stuff, uh, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you that you could check out. Uh, but really, like, because uh, uh, the reason I want to help, because you might say, well, what in the heck, uh, why do you want to help me? Because you deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, I know how it feels. And I know even if it's just on a trip, that it could be frustrating. 
And if it's a regular thing, it could be more than that. And I think you deserve a place of solace, a place of respite, a place that feels safe and comforting. Or at the very least, it's not like where you say, like where you're saying, huh, I don't mind going to bed now because Scoots is there. He doesn't, you know, like we already said, he was say, I don't know what he was talking about last night. I think he wrote a new uh, piece of uh, boudoir fiction called Don Juan Dior. Uh, it was a door, though. Uh, yeah, that was like a. Yeah, it was a. That was kind. Of, I guess it was an accidental pun. Don Juan Dior was the name of the character. It was a door, though. No D I O R or D O I R. You're telling me it was a door named Don Juan Dior walking around doing what? I don't remember because I was asleep. I'm not even sure that's what he was. It could have been. I don't know. It slept so good, though. Oh, well, that's good. I'm glad he put you to sleep then. So this, I mean, that's actually the best you, it's the best example of a use case. Uh, uh, pretty accurate breakfast discussions for Sleep With Me listeners. I can feel you chuckling along. So that's it. I'm glad you're here. I work very hard at your next drive because I'd like to help you fall asleep. Uh, so thanks again for coming by. And here's a few ways we're able to bring you this podcast for free. All right, everybody. It's time to talk about the next generation, Star Trek, the next generation, season three, episode 10, the, the, the defector. And I guess this round of TNG episodes, we're reaching what was an unintentional theme, but will now become more intentional. Or that uh, some reason I like like so this is like seems like we'll be covering some Romulan and um, uh, maybe Klingon style episodes uh, this round of episodes because this is a Romulan in neutral zone themed episode. Yeah, that'll be cool. Then we can hit up the B O to the R to the G in the next round or something. Also, I love the Q. You know, finish off the Q episodes. Uh, but for now, the episode opens with a campfire, and there's two gentlemen sitting around the campfire uh, talking, or are they giving lines? Uh, is this a play? Is that Picard? W- one of them is Patrick Stewart, uh, like uh, holding a pike. Uh, and another gentleman, there's a tent behind them. They said, is this a play? Like, I thought it was a play performance, even though I'd seen the episode once before. Um, what does that say? Retention? There's a nice horse bray in the background and a chicken call. That took me a second. Uh, Date is, like, remember, I don't know, if, like I said, uh, Sansa looks, like uh, the Starks, Sansa in particular looks good in a hood, uh, like a hoodie or a cape, the hood of a cape. Um and Data also looks good. He's got a very stark, like a Game of Thrones, I guess, ask. His is kind of green cloak uh, with a hood. We got one of the people around the campfires rocking some chain mail. So is Data. Uh, like saying it's a chain mail. Warms the hands by the fire. Then we realize there's a double Picard because uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard is reading along. Maybe as a director. This was my notes. Uh, uh, we'll read through a little bit of dialogue, but then Data stands at the dialogue, a little bit annoyed. It's a Shakespearean dialogue. It, it, I don't know, first of all, Shakespeare-esque. Uh, and Data stands annoyed, says something back, and then Picard, uh, he likes it. He says, splendid, splendid. 
and collapse. So yeah, it's like uh, it's uh, from. We'll talk about like Henry the Life of Henry the Fifth by Shakespeare. Apparently, this is from Act Four or Three. Yeah, Four. And uh, uh, it's uh, Williams and Bates, uh, John Bates, uh, and they're talking, and then uh, they say, "Who, who, like uh, somebody else shows up? Who is Data?" Uh, but really, he's the king, I think, undercover. And, you know, they talk about their thoughts about the king. Data's kind of trying to, stay, you know, say the king's just like them, just like them. Data's getting it, uh, trying to get inside info. So we get a thematic, uh, possibly a thematic, for brighter minds than me, uh, this thematic carry through. But then we also get a little bit of a data story, which is, you know, I mean, we always, well, I always enjoy it. Yeah, but let's see. Yeah, so they like they have a long dialogue. Doth, you know, ask, uh, and then it's a break in the scene. Picard goes, "She said you're getting really good." And then the characters are like, "Who's talking?" Like they they're still in action mode. Uh, and then Data says, yeah, I'm going to sp- study some more performances. Brana, Olivier, Shapiro, Kulinark. And uh, Picard goes, well, this is more about you learning the human condition through Shakespeare. And you do that by your own, what comes up for you, not through other people. Uh, then Riker says, uh, yo, Captain, get down here. Unidentified class in the neutral zone, heading towards Federation space. And Picard goes, okay, Data, we got um, we got to hit the road. Uh, but Data, they clear that out. Uh, Data says, well, why would the king go undercover if he's a leader? Shouldn't he be leading up front? Uh, and Picard goes, well, tell it like, what is it Shakespeare saying about the king? The king wants to empathize uh, and connect with uh, uh, the the soldiers uh, before this big action. And then Data says. You know, how about we do a performance for the crew? And Picard says, well, let's not rush it, all right? Also, Data's wig is a bowl cut, like uh, not the same as I would have had as a kid, but it is that style. Okay, what else do we have? Uh, oh, Data had to stop Picard from getting P-I-K-E-D by, by zone by Picard. In the whole talking, he says, is this foreshadowing? Let's not rush it. They're on the bridge. Worf looks annoyed. Or his normal war face. Uh, Romulan scout ship is ha- open hailing things. Uh, what does this say? Hail of right, hailing us. Uh, oh, they're hailing us. Who uh, says open a channel at first? Uh, or maybe says open hailing, hailing us, open a channel. Uh, whoever's on there is requesting uh, asylum. And they say on screen, then there's action music. Uh, we see that Ronald Moore wrote the episode. Bo- booking, brooding time. Oh, this is a question. I didn't get a chance to investigate this. Uh, it's really unrelated to anything. Well, it said, okay, so how many holodecks? Maybe I'll look this up, but like uh, for another episode, like how many holodecks are on each ship, right? Because if the human condition's anything like it is now, you know, they get food and everything, but the holodeck would have multiple uses, right? You know, uh, education, adventure, escape, uh, enjoyment, pleasure. 
So how do, do only officers get to use the holodeck? Like if I'm like a regular enlisted person or just a ca- visiting contractor, because, I mean, the holodeck must be going 24-7 unless it's only the, like the uh, Picard gets to pick who gets holodeck time. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is I'm not cut out to live in a world where there's holodecks. It just not quite uh, ever. I don't think ever. You say, well, he went out, you know, I'd be like uh, Moriarty. They say, just put me in there then. You know, like, make it like a Charlie Booker thing. Like, just get me in there and keep me in there. You know, I'll live my life in the the holodeck, you know, depending on the program. Okay, then, uh, what is this? Romulan versus Romulan. Very green. Red alert. uh, 41 seconds, you got Picard. This is after the open. Picard's not happy. Let's see. Oh, yeah. People on ship. Uh, just checking my notes. He says, explain yourself. Uh, the, the dude on other things says, need some help here. What does it say? 140 by 205. Move uh, five kilometers. All stop. Uh, so that's the orders given out. Extend the shields to the scout ship. Uh, then uh, they're face-to-face with the Romulan ship. Picard says, lock phasers. Open a channel. Guard kind of does a speech, and then the vessel heads out. So let's see. Visual screen. Oh, open the channel. Of course, to intercept, stay out of the neutral zone. Oh, yeah. How long are you before they get into Federation territory? Formula 41 seconds. Guard says, you've crossed into the neutral zone, and you're engaged in action. What's your tent? They don't answer. That's when the dude says, how about some help? Uh uh data's like yeah that ship's not doing great anyway position oh that was like a one zero one four zero two zero five okay they extend the shield so it's not gonna last long uh and then they say well the warbirds are like i can add us uh regards says romulan vessel you're in federation territory unless you withdraw and then it's out uh Riker says, what's up with that? Uh, that's uh, weird. Back uh, headed towards the neutral zone Romulan territory. Uh, then the power goes off in the scout ship offline. Uh, transporter to beam whoever's on their board. Worf and Riker head out to meet whoever it is. Uh, energize. Uh, they said, holy shoulder pads. Uh, Romulans have serious shoulders. Uh, or for shoulder pads, shoulder-enhancing devices. Uh, I must just see your captain, the Romulan says. Uh, cannot wait, uh, which Worf and, Worf and Riker share a look at, look at one another. Uh, let's see. Captain's log uh, says, uh, yeah, we got a Romulan defector. Low-ranking logistics, but a lot of information, a lot of secrets. Entree base, I don't know what that says. There's some secret base, E-N-T-R-E, W-T-F. I put, uh, we just missed a base. Uh, somebody says that. Uh, they say, geez, after the Battle of Charon, you know, Romulans are still mad. And uh, they want to claim the neutral zone. Uh, 48 hours, will be ready to go. Oh, and then Riker says, WTF, we missed a base. And they said, yeah, it's going to be a great base for them, not for you guys. So you better t- take it out. Uh, 
guess war says the Federation will not permit that. Uh, this is, I guess, Worf, Riker, and Sadel or whatever. The person's name changes a few times. Uh, you know, it would seem so. That's what he says. Uh, yes, they say W-A-R. Yeah, Worf's like, nope. Let's take out the base, yo. Riker's, I said Picard's so cool. Oh, yeah, this is on the bridge. Also, Riker gets to drop his, like, light swear words a few times. Because uh, he, he, Picard goes, I'm sure you're very t- tired. Uh, Worf, why don't you take him up to a medical and uh, you have him get some rest? Uh, the dude goes, no doubt you got more questions for him. Goes, Picard goes, no doubt. Uh, and the record goes, he's got a double hockey stick of a story. And Parker, Parker, Parker Picard goes, uh, yeah, well, what do you think? And the record goes, well, I don't think they, they'd know we wouldn't want them to build a base. Uh, so Data says, well, it's a Romulan ploy. You know, they want to, they test the enemy's resolve and make you act. Remember the last episode Scoots did? And the goes, yeah, trying to make us look like the aggressors. Uh, and then Picard completes the thought, yeah, Romulans will have an excuse to respond then. And Data says, that would not be an atypical Romulan ploy, sir. Always a chess game, Picard says. Uh, and then Geordi's rubbing his hands. At least we get to check out their ship and really go over it. And I liked this one. Um, let's see. So cool. Well, I can see you're tired. That was definitely one of my favorite parts is Picard is... Uh, Really boundary establishing in his leadership. Uh, heck, a heck of a story. Jordy, uh, uh, data, data, something. Oh, so so they say. Okay, Troy and Riker, you talk to this dude. Uh, and data goes. Can I go along? Picard goes. Nope. I need you on the bridge with me. So much to do. You know, we got to establish uh, peace here, bro. Uh, we got 48 hours. Then the scout ship goes bye-bye. Uh, then we go to mid-bay. And Riker's like, dude, what's up with that? He goes, why wouldn't I put the ship on auto bye-bye? And Riker goes, excuse me for being a little bit confused, uh, but I thought you were defecting. And he goes, yeah, but I'm... Uh, he goes, oh, all you want to do is exploit me uh, and take advantage of me. Meanwhile, Crusher's working on him. So she's like, dude, dude sit still. And uh, he goes, how come you're so good with the Romulans? So she goes, to some episode Scooter didn't see. Gal, Gal, Galadoran. And uh, Worf goes, you certainly know a lot for logistics, clerk. And Sato goes, well, I know, you know, it's just common knowledge, dude. I got my rating code. Worf goes, did you know in Star Wars, they, you know, these aren't the droids you're looking for. He goes, it's pretty easy to pull off. And uh, then he says, I don't think it calls Worf a Patak or something. And Worf goes, you're looking not on a Klingon ship. Uh, and he says, remove this Tulsa from my sight. And, and uh, Riker goes, your knowledge of Klingon curse is impressible. But, you know, as a Romulan might say, only a renewal, rule, like a double F-O-O-L, would use such language in public, maybe. Worf, you have him go to bed. Or no, he goes, Worf, go get his room ready. And then Worf goes, sure. And then the dude's laughing. Riker goes, what are you laughing about, man? 
And he goes, I like him. I understand him. Uh, you know, he's uh, like into it uh, to the B-A-T-T-L. You know, he plays uh, whatever. Uh, Mar- Mar- not the Mario Party, the other one. Riker schools him and swearing. Dude nods and laughs. Yeah, then there's a commercial break. Then Riker. Riker owns, looks around. Uh, uh, fool, start water, echometrics. Uh, okay, let me see. Riker takes him to his room, is what happens. Uh, shows him, he goes, You can call me through the comp panel, or we'll be back to talk to you. He leaves. And Sato goes, hey, water? And the thing goes, what temperature? He goes, 12 onkians or something. And the computer goes, I speak to metric system. And he says, cold, uh, on the cold side of whatever your system is. Uh, and he has a sip. He looks around the room. And he said, even Romulans need water. Can't prepare to make a speech about that. Uh, and they get to use a metric system, unlike us in America here. And then he sits on the bed, he checks, like, this orange good luck chip. Uh, there's music and then a commercial. But I did want to run through the room here. So let's see. Now on the screen, he's talking. Okay, so here he goes. So it was, I thought it was interesting. Uh, in the room, they have, like, different things. Like, so, okay, the water just appeared. It's in an octangular glass. Uh like for the people would have a drink with the rocks. There's, you know, paintings, plants, uh, flowers. Then we peek into another room without the bed that has like a, I guess it would be the dressing room. There's a dresser with a mirror, some plants. There's a bed, which is like a twin size, uh, platform bed. There's also a chair, a sitting chair. So I look in the review. I mean, I always forget what's in these rooms. I mean, this seems like a really big room though. I mean, again, I've never been on a cruise ship or a spaceship. Uh, so I really don't know. Okay, so room. Okay, then we're on scene scene one. Scene one. Computer data and Picard are working. I don't know what the maybe it's the computer they're working on. Let me see what it says. Uh, oh yeah, Starfleet Tactics. Oh, Science One Terminal. That's where they're at. Uh, they're working. Picard's got his arms crossed. Uh, oh, I said I would pause it here too. Problem with it is, so they're doing a Starfleet tactical analysis of the neutral zone. Planets in there. Uh, 30, 30, 40 or something. Nothing super interesting. Oh, they do a zoom of uh, whatever planet they're talking about. That's when Picard crosses his arms. He says, yeah, Data. Well, we'll find out what he says uh, in a second. They're looking at it. Data's looking at it. But it's on mute, so I'm subject Nelvana 3. Yeah, that's what they're looking at. Uh, data does look and uh, uh, like look like he's thinking and analyzing things. Uh, uh, computer stuff, yeah. Prior, then Picard gets a priority one message in his ready room. Two hour and 20 minute delay. We get Pat Picard's password. What was Picard and Data talking about, though? Uh, yeah, nothing on the sensors, uh, but Romulans could be cloaked. Okay, what is Ricard's password? Just in case you need his computer. I think you need his voice, though, but it's uh, access 412 mark 80. Picard Jean Luc, uh, Starfleet priority code Gamma. 
that's to decode the message. P41 Mark 80 is what I put it. P412 Mark 80. But that was wrong. What kind of encryption do they use? I didn't look that up either. And then the um, uh, the admiral is like, dude, you're on your own for right now. On your shoulders, Picard. He says, I don't know if it's a trick. You know, we're trying to, uh, Romulan said, yeah, they're, they're protesting your, that you have the defector. Federation Council's convened. No doubt in my mind you're going to have, you're going to be the one dealing with this. Uh, so you have to decide if he's telling you the truth. Uh, but held towards Delvana 3. And then when, the cool thing about watching these episodes like five or six times is I get to pick up on everything. So this is really uh, cool because they leave this trail of breadcrumbs uh, in a well-done way. So Picard says, Worf, get up here. I got to talk to you in private off screen. And he says, I'm my way. So that's like a breadcrumb for the end. What else? Calls Worf. Oh, then the engine computer, Jordy. Data Crusher, Picard, Strange Movements, uh, Zoomed Crusher, and possibly nods. Uh, so let's see, we got a captain's log. Yeah, we're in the neutral zone near Milvana 3. If the guess is right, we got 21 hours till the base is ready. Oh, then the boss says, Monitor and Hood are on their way, but they're not going to get there in time. Uh, we sent out just, uh, you know, an alert, uh, you know, everybody wants peace, uh, but everybody's on yellow alerts. Oh, this guard's still in his office, so data comes in. Where is this, uh, possibly? Okay, let me see where I am. Oh, no, so I jumped ahead one scene. Okay, so they're playing this thing Jordy discovered, which is like the ship's movements were coordinated, which they say, that's weird. Crusher's in on this, too. And they said, well, they went after the scout ship. Uh, and they said, well, maybe it was like a soft going after it. Uh, and Picard goes, uh, well, you think this is possible, Crusher? What do you think? You treated him. She goes, I don't think so. But it's a possibility. That's a zoom on Crusher. Uh, then the captain's log. Then the update, a second update from the admiral. Picard's in his office. That was at an engineering computer, by the way. He's at FaceTime. Oh, first he's FaceTiming an Earl Graying. Uh, uh, data. He goes, we'll send out a class one probe every meter or something. Data, long pause. Sets down his tea to talk serious. There's a call back to King Henry. That will be all. And then he pauses right before sipping, lowers his tea down, and quotes Shakespeare, which we'll cover right now. So he says, yeah, send out that probe data every meter of Nirvana 3. Data goes, is there something else? He goes, yeah, Data, you're clear, you're, ob- you're objective. Uh, and he goes, I want you to, he goes, I don't know what's going to happen with this situation, and it's kind of historical, so I want you to record it in a dispassionate way. And Data goes, I'll begin immediately. And then Picard goes, well, how's the crew feeling? And he goes, they're concerned but confident. Uh, can't you tell? And he goes, nope, I can't be like King Henry and disguise myself among my troops. Oh, and then Picard goes, yeah, he quotes something from King Henry. Uh, then we have Troy and Riker interviewing, uh, what's this dude's name? Settle, Seedle. He rhymes Nelvana 3 with you will see. It really, that made me laugh. Uh, or somebody did. 
yeah, go to Nelvana 3 and you will see. That's what he says. Uh, and they're, they're really grilling him. He says it's their questions are irrelevant a lot. Riker gets cool and stern. Troy stares hard like she's trying to look her way inside him. Uh, we also realize, oh, so then uh, he says my boss is Admiral Jarrock. Uh, but basically, he's just complaining and uh, kind of thing. And, uh, and then we see Picard and Worf. Because uh, uh, Greg gets a priority message from a Klingon vessel really quick. And he goes, uh, Worf, can you handle that uh, in a private? Take that call for me. Uh, let's see. Probe on course. Uh, Worf's with the LaForge uh, and Data. Or maybe this is just Data and Jordy. I really liked this scene. Uh, Jordy goes, geez, my gut's uh, telling me uh, we got to listen to this guy. And Data goes, your gut? And he goes, you know, instinct, intuition. And he goes, doesn't that interfere with rational judgment? Uh, and Jordy goes, sometimes. Uh, and Data says, well, why don't you stick to the facts? And he goes, well, you can't always rely on simple facts. Uh, sometimes they're wrong. He go, Data goes, they can't be wrong if they're facts. And he goes, could you see into the future? But uh, they say they can lead to wrong conclusions. And uh, Jordy goes, what do you think? Uh, is he a defector? And the facts to date would lead to an objective conclusion that he is not. And then Data, Jordy says, well, I think we're going to catch the Romulans with their pants down, like he says. Uh, Data goes, his pants? And he goes, it's a metaphor. And Data says, because of your gut? And he goes, well, yeah, that's a gut. But he goes, you can't always go with your gut. And he goes, you, you, I'll put it to you this way. You got your gut, your hu you got feelings, get in the way of human judgment, confuse us, uh, make us sick and guess ourselves, but we still need them to help it fill in the missing pieces because we never have all the facts. So then Data says, so you fill, fill in the missing pieces with parts of your own personality, re resulting in a conclusion based as much on instinct and intuition as fact. And Data goes, oh boy. And then Data says, but what if you don't have instinct or intuition? Which is a little bit of a twist, I don't know, emotional twist for me. And Jordy goes, oh boy, there's something interesting here. Uh, let's see, pants down, what? A metaphor. Uh, Jordy does not answer Data's last question yet. What if you have, because uh, they say the probe... Card takes a big breath when they say there's something coming out of the planet, some kind of electronic emissions. And Picard says, that will be all. There's a slow zoom and ominous music. Uh, and that, like, okay, maybe there is something on Nelvana 3. Then we're at uh, whatever, 9 forward or whatever it's called. And Data's staring at the Romulan who's having a drink. Uh, and the dude goes, you've never seen a Romulan before? And Data goes, incorrect assumption. And he goes, well, how about some privacy? And Data goes, I want to see what my guts are saying. And uh, he goes, oh, you're the android. Uh, he goes, well, they'd love to look at you and, Rom and, and, and Romulus. Uh, and Data goes, no, thank you. And Data goes, this is the best viewport on the ship. The dude goes, I don't care about viewpoint reports, man. It's not my stars. I like that. These are not my stars. Uh, even the heavens are denied me that I want to look at him. 
And he goes, What's it? can't you make a Romulan ale? He goes, we'd need the original to make it, and we don't know much about you. And uh, he goes, well, you're missing out. He goes, Romulus is, Romulus is the best planet, best ale, best everything. Data goes, you got some regrets, eh? He goes, I had to do it, man, but I'll never see the firefalls of a goth thawing again. And the spires above the apex sea. What does that say? Firefalls at Galgaloth. Uh, dude even throw shade at Data a little bit. How can they bring Romulus, uh, but not Romulus Ale? Yeah, but uh, he goes, oh, he goes, uh, oh, Data goes, it looks like you're not going to get to go home. He goes, the cold reaction of an android. Data goes, well, I'll still be nice to you. Why don't we go try to look at Romulus, uh, and we see the spires and moons of a city. It's a valley of Chula. Uh, city's far off in a valley. And at first the dude goes, this is great. Uh, but then he, he goes, forget it. Uh, he goes, uh, he goes, call Picard. I'm Admiral Jarak, actually. Uh, this is my home now or something. You know, he goes, turn it off. Uh, this, you know, holodeck. I said, that's what I said earlier in the episode. Uh, but I got to make sure this wasn't in vain. Rorio meet, greet Admiral Jarak wants to see him. Okay. And then that's an ad. Then Picard's FaceTiming or whatever, messaging with the, the Admiral Hayden. Uh, source of info. He goes, yeah, that's Admiral Jarak, but he's an unreliable source of info. So, and Picard says, bring Jarak in here. And wait outside. He says, have a seat, man. No more time. Uh, uh, he goes, oh, the guy goes, I don't have time to sit. Picard goes, have a seat. Uh, he goes, I, and this was really good stuff. Again, the shoulder pads. Uh, Picard raises his voice or deepens his voice because uh, he, he goes, dude, we got to get to work. The Admiral Jarak. Uh, and Picard goes, you got to convince me you're telling the truth. Uh, irrefutable evidence. Because uh, you got no evidence at all. And he goes, Romulan uh, defector, that's an admiral? And he goes, well, I just want peace, man. And Picard goes, you're no man of peace. Uh, and the guy goes, that's why I went undercover. And he goes, you know, I'm a hero in our world. And Picard goes, uh, well, why should I still believe you? On what basis he leans in on the chair uh, when he, he stands on that, like after he raises his voice, uh, and he says, "On what basis are you prepared uh, to uh, tell us the truth or not?" And uh, the guy goes, "Well, I'm not going to tell on everybody." And he goes, "Well, you already made your choice. Uh, fully make your choice, or cross over, or don't." And then Jarek tries to shade Picard. He goes, oh, don't you have a family? And Picard goes, no. He goes, well, you work too hard. And Picard goes, man, this is where uh, Stuart is just so good. He goes, this is all very interesting. Uh, and then Jarek tries to go off again. And he goes, Picard goes, listen, dude, I don't care about your speeches unless I have unequivocal cooperation. You know, because he makes this long speech about kids and everything. Uh, uh, then we're in the ready room. This was interesting because there's like chit chat going on. People are looking out the window, the, the all the officers uh, before Picard comes in. Then they all go and sit down. So I said, "What do they? Who chit chats with who?" 
and what are they chatting about? Uh, they, they also, they rush their seats, uh, Picard, they, they give Car- Picard their full attention, and there's kind of a long silence, uh, and Picard stays standing, and he goes, Jarrah gave me everything, uh, we probably need, or hopefully it'll give us an edge, uh, and, uh, they all share a look on the news, uh, he goes, he's going to be more valuable with his field command work. But majority says, great. And then he goes, well, don't depend on it, but set course for, number one, set course for Nelvana 3. Then we have second officer's log. This is data reporting. Uh, 434.65.2, we're in a neutral zone. Violation of Treaty of Algernon. Uh, Romulans are probably cloaked and watching us, and uh, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Riker does not like it because it's so quiet. Picard talks about the history of Custer. Nelvana 3 on screen. See, there's no sign of nothing. Nothing on the sensors. Uh, Picard, uh, Riker goes, too darn easy, holy hockey sticks. And uh, he goes, data, get into orbit around the planet. Uh, and he goes, there's nothing around there, man. Just a subspace, or he goes, yeah, he goes, this ion and uh, subspace stuff uh, still there, but we can't find a source. Rye moving in an orbital path uh, with an 800 kilometer apogee. Uh, let's see. Riker leans on Data's chair while they're talking. Uh, maybe they left the planet. Maybe it's cloaked. Uh, Data goes, will there be distortion if it's cloaked? And now Picard's, like, not happy because Rogerak rolls in. Picard raises his voice right away. He says, uh, perhaps you're going to tell me why we're here, dude. And Riker goes, he means there's no base. And he goes, no, it can't be possible. He goes, I saw everything. And Picard goes, are you sure it wasn't disinformation? Like, didn't you get fired or something? And they knew you were a grouch. Like, maybe not every Romulan's a grouch like you. And uh, is it a test? And he goes, no. And then Picard goes, well, then they played you. Whatever, uh, what other exclamation point is there, or exclamation, explanation is there? They let you escape. And then Picard says, uh, Jordy, get uh, permission to withdraw. He says, yeah, Jordy, get us out of here. Riker says that. Uh, Riker says permission to withdraw. Picard says, or uh, Picard also said, you know, they let you leave with an arsenal of worthless secrets. Uh, so then they go to leave, and then of course two Romulan ships appear. Uh, they like tap the uh, Enterprise a couple times. Yeah, uh, they say damage. They say a little bit. Uh, Captain's not yet. Ta- oh, they say, what should, what should we do? Uh, Picard goes, nothing. It's just a tap on the shoulder. Uh, and then the wharf goes, they're calling. And uh, Picard goes on screen, it's Tomalak. Uh, he goes, Picard, it's so nice to see you again. Uh, what are you doing here in the neutral zone? And Picard goes, you know why we're here. Come on. And he goes, oh, well, there's no incursion here. We're not doing anything. Guy's so smug. Uh, he could run for office. Uh, let's see. All super pleased, smug look. Uh, and Picard goes, yeah, we just filed these uh, subspace, ion subspace emissions or whatever. 
And he goes, oh, that was just our probe, uh, archaeological research, uh, cloaked, though. And Picard goes, really? And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, uh, is that why you came all the way across the neutral zone, broke all the treaties? That's not right. And Picard goes, uh, yeah, whatever, we're leaving. And he goes, without even an apology, Captain? Picard goes, you really want an apology? I'll give you one. And he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, I'll save, save you the time. And Picard goes, what do you want? And he goes, some of the enterprise is what I want. Uh, then Jarak goes, I can't believe this was like a trick on me to trick them. He goes, you totally used me. And then Tom Alex says, okay, before we take the enterprise, you send this guy back uh, and then we'll, you know, let you guys give up. And this is when it really gets good because, uh, like, if you're a Picard fan, because Picard goes, uh, do you think I'm going to accept those terms? He goes, no, I expect you won't. It's just like uh, uh, the Austin Powers movies with Captain or Doctor. He goes, no, uh, Captain Picard, I expect you won't. He goes, you have 30 seconds to decide. And Picard goes, I don't need one second, bruh. And he goes, give up, man. Uh, Picard and Picard goes, if the cause is just and honorable, everybody on my ship's ready. He goes, are you ready? And he goes, idle threat, Picard. And Picard goes, Mr. Worf. Uh, and then all these Klingon vessels appear surrounding the Romulans. And the dude was, before the Romulans or the Klingons appeared, the dude was totally stunned by Picard's, uh, uh, boldness, uh, all fiction to test you. Oh, that was a very Dr. Evil. 30 seconds. Don't require one. Uh, Ricard proceeds with some Shakespeare. What will it be, Gerard, or what will it be, Tom Locke? You're surrounded by, uh, 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 what do you, you know, you're in trouble now. And, uh, he goes, uh, huh. He goes, we're, you, we're still get back at you guys. And Ricard goes, uh, and he says, I'll look forward to our next meeting, Captain. And then the Romulans take off. Uh, and he, he says, cancel red alert. Thank the Klingon, Klingons wharf. Uh, aye, sir. And he says, take us back. Uh, and Jarek goes, I can't believe it. And he goes to, to, to the uh, big, the big firefall in the sky because he's like, I can't, I'd rather not. Uh, leaves a letter. Uh, to his wife and daughter, which Riker finds, and they go, well, but we can't send it, Data says. Uh, and Picard goes, today, but with others with the courage of Jarak, uh, we will see a day of peace where we can send his letter home. And with that, the episode comes to a close. Let's see, a couple of notes that came up during this episode. So the play, Henry V, uh, history, uh, let's see, what's it called officially? Uh, Henry V, a history play by Picard, by Shakespeare. It was written in near 1599, and it tells, uh, focuses on the event uh, immediately before and after the Battle of Agincourt. Uh, I, 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 uh, uh, it was uh, titled The Chronicle of the History of Henry V, uh, which became the wife of Henry V. Um, it's part of a series with uh, Richard II, uh, Henry IV, and part one and two, 
so the audience would have been familiar with uh, the title character. Uh, so this is interesting because I didn't really know that. Uh, so there's a lot of characters. Uh, I don't want to give you the synopsis. Uh, let's just see if there's anything really. Uh, I mean, of course, it's a great Shakespearean play. It, you know, I'm not familiar with it, but uh, uh, the primary source uh, was uh, Raphael. Hollinshed's Chronicles, uh, Edward Hall's The Union of uh, Two Illustrious Families uh, was consulted. Uh, readers and audiences have interpreted the play's attitude uh, with dealing with WAR in different ways, actually. Uh, so it could be read on as a commentary or on the complexity, or it could even be described as having multiple meanings. Uh, yeah, let's see. It's had a lot of uh, revivals. Um, it's uh, been adapted for film. Laurence Olivier was in the first movie in 1944. And then Kenneth Branagh was in uh, 1989. And uh, Olivier played some scenes as comedy uh, in, in where Branagh played them more in a serious way. Uh, well, and then Tom Hiddleston did one in uh, 2012. Oh, and there's a 2019, there's probably another 2019 movie coming out of uh, The King. Oh, so it's all, all adapted from all of them. Uh, there's also, uh, David Gordon did a dance theater version, Dancing Henry V. Uh, Sweet from Henry V, uh, William Walton wrote for the Olivier film. So there's a little bit about the play, just briefly. Who was Henry V, Scooch? Because I'm always here willing to learn more. Uh, it was King of England from 1413 until 1422. He was the second English monarch from the House of Lancaster. Short reign, uh, but outstanding military successes. Uh, uh, one of the strongest, made of England one of the strongest military powers, uh, immortalized in plays. And seen as one of the great warrior kings of medieval England, I guess depending on your, you know, who's, you know, where you're from. Uh, let's see. In 1450, Henry uh, started the ongoing Hundred Years' War, which with France. Maybe that was his dad that did that. I guess they had to be over a long time. Uh, let's see. Then they had a union following the arrangement. Everything seemed to be close to a union uh, between France and England uh, until uh, he went by, you know, went to the big farm in the sky. They had a riotous youth. Um, so a little bit of, I mean, I'll link to it. So there's definitely a lot more you could read about it. Now, what about Ronald Moore? Uh, uh, those of you that are like me, Battlestar Galactica fans, uh, uh, I haven't watched Outlander, but uh, I'm a big Battlestar Galactic fan. I listened to a bunch of the Ronald Moore um, podcasts when he was making that series. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I think he uh, I mean, wrote some great episodes of Next Generation. Uh, let's see, in 1988, he toured the uh, Star Trek Next Generation sets. Uh, he passed a script on to one of Gene Roddenberry's assistants. Uh, and then he, seven months later, he got skips script into somebody's hands, uh, which became that third series episode, The Bonding. 
And then he did, did do a lot of these Klingon-style ones, uh, Sins of the Father, Reunion, Redemption 1 and 2, Ethics and Rightful Air. He's credited with writing or co-writing 27 Next Generation episodes. Uh, he wrote uh, a lot of them with uh, Brandon Braga. Or Braga. Uh, so they had a lot of wor- working together. They also wrote the screenplays for the uh, two f- movies, uh, Star Trek Generations and First Contact. Uh, then Moore joined uh, Deep Space Nine, uh, supervising producer, and became a co-executive producer. Uh, let's see, they worked on uh, Star Trek First Contact, uh, Mission Impossible 2. They helped on that one and the script for that. He got to expand a lot of the Klingon culture in uh, Deep Space Nine and got to start engaging with fans, uh, which he did through uh, Battlestar Galactica. Worked on Voyager for the part of the sixth season, uh, but just a short part of it. uh, And... uh, uh, then eventually, 2004, 2009, uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica, I mean, I think for me, is a great uh, place in my heart. Uh, yeah, I just remember, uh, yeah, I really loved that series. Um, and he's been working on a lot of other stuff since then, uh, including Outlander, which, again, I haven't seen, but uh, probably one day I will. Yeah, uh, so the, that was the thing. I mean, because Apple, oh no, so then more, Apple also has a more series coming all for all mankind, uh, so that's cool to know. Okay, one other thing I wanted to do is this uh, chip, chip and Dip and Cheese Company, or Chip, Dip and Cheese Company, hell of a good, H-E-L-U-V-A, good, uh, uh, exclamation point. We had this when I was a kid. And because Riker said it, I said, okay, what is it? So it's American company, uh, Cheeses, Dips, Sour Cream, and Condiments uh, is now owned by HP Hood LLC. So you can feel good about Hood. Uh, they had acquired Crowley Foods in 2004. So now they're based in Linfield, Mass. Uh, you probably find it at Wegmans. Uh, let's see. They used to have a store in Wallington, New York, uh, east of Sodus. Uh, where all the cheese products were planted. So that's why it was in Syracuse where I was growing up. It was founded by Sodus resident Perry Messenger in 1925 uh, when he started making washed uh, curd cheese as a hobby in the basement of the A.B. Williams Company, for which he owned and managed at the time. Uh, the name or the origin of the name, a traveling salesman stopped by a messenger's store one day and sampled the cheese. He said, boy, that's a hell of a good cheese after tasting it. Uh, 1939, messenger opened a cheese shop, established the company, and he had a little bit of issue getting it, re- you know, the name certified. Uh, he was known for having a humorous uh, side. His executive officers were father time. Uh, taxes, uh, geo experience, and I think Father Time kind of was uh, the the mascot of it. Uh, uh, then in 1955, he sold the company to George Yancey Sr. in Rochester, who would turn into a regional business. That's right, where I uh, experienced because it was oh, okay, 84 Crowley Foods of Binghamton bought it, so that was about why, why I crossed paths with it. 
Uh, but I guess they're still using Father Time. They sponsored, the, like, their sour cream dip. Uh, I think in upstate New York, that was, like, a big thing was their sour cream dips, uh, which I don't know, like, ever since I was a kid, I guess, uh, like, picnics and potlucks would be a lot of hell of a good cheese, sour cream and cheese dips. Uh, so that's just interesting. I mean, I don't know. Like, to me, it had, it had to be discussed. Uh, so that's everything, and here's some thank yous and good nights.